millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and I have to tell you, I don't want to call myself a genius, but I've made a huge breakthrough tonight. So here's the tale. Every time I do this podcast, two things happen. My nose instantly stuffs up, which is weird. And so you just hear me either sniffing like Donald Trump or you hear me like mouth breathing really bad. I try to do that off mic, I just kind of move away from the mic and take a breath. So <clears throat> I, I haven't fixed that problem. But the other thing is my mouth, by the time I get done talking for 20 or 30 minutes, my my throat just goes dry. And I think I've solved it. And here's how I did it. I took a large glass, filled it full of ice, and then 7-Up. And then I put some whiskey inside the 7-Up and I stirred it up. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you, um, maybe it's because of the alcohol, but the drink keeps evaporating. I've had to fill it up. This is the, the second time I had to fill it up. And I, I just started podcasting. I came in here and I set it up, set up the podcasting rig, you know, the laptop and the mixer and all that stuff. And then I noticed the drink was gone. So I had to go back into the kitchen, start all over with the drink. And uh, yeah, now it's like maybe a third of the way gone. So hopefully the rest of that, the other two-thirds of that glass will be able to keep me going until the end of the podcast so I don't get a dry throat. It's medicine, really. That's what it is. It's medicine that's helping me be able to talk for long periods of time without sounding like I'm just not able to get out the words. So anyway, that is that. But welcome to Pod, uh, Kilowatt. I'm your host, Bodie. And I'm really excited to be here tonight. Um, yeah, it's my typical time at like 1030 on our Friday night, right before midnight, I'll get done and get everything uploaded. But uh, for whatever reason, this is this the kind of the time that works best for me. Uh, I'm not always the most alert at this time, and I'm not always the most coherent, and I'm not only always the most articulate, but hopefully tonight, I'll be kind of all of those things, so let's hope. Uh, before we start, Tesla announced their unexpected announcement, um, and we will go into that at the end of the podcast, but I do have some news. First one comes from evobsessions.com, James A-Y-R-E, Air, um, 
I think this story originated with Mark Gurman at Bloomberg. But Apple is scaling down its unannounced Apple Car. Man, it seems like we go through this every uh, couple of weeks. It's like Apple's not doing a car. Now Apple's doing a car again, and Apple's scaling down, and now they're doing something different. But according to Mark Gurman, who has sources familiar with the matter, um, and James is just reporting on that from what I understand, uh, and James, yeah, I, I talk about all these people like we're friends, and they have a clue that I exist. Uh, Apple is scaling down. Employees have been laid off or reassigned. Uh, but the thing is, is uh, the thought is, is they're going to, instead of manufacture the car, they're going to just make the software for the car. And this has been something that they've actually talked about, not they being Apple. The media has actually talked about um, a lot lately about why would Apple want to go into the car business? It would just be better if they were the OS of the car or the brains of the car or whatever. And to that, I say, why would Apple want to go into business with a bunch of people that are soon to lose their butts to car companies like Tesla? Why would they want to do that? Um, those car companies are not innovating in any way, shape, or form. Um, and there's no indication that they're going to start doing that just because Apple gets involved. So I, I, I'm really confused why Apple would, re why it would be in their best interest. But I, it's possible, right? So um, one of the things that Elon Musk said recently is that in order for Tesla to be successful, the integration of the hardware and the software has to be done by the same company. That doesn't mean you can't source parts. It just means that bringing that, all of that together and making that work as one, it's got to be the same company. Otherwise, it's not going to be a long term. It's not going to be a successful product. Um, <clears throat> and you know what? If Apple is going to build a car, they have a very good history of sourcing their vendors and making sure they get exactly what they want from their vendors. So it makes sense that at this time, it may not be the Apple car may or may not be what Apple wants to focus on. So they're scaling that team down, but the, the team's not going away. Um, so here's my opinion, and there's a couple of things that can happen, or here's my guess, not even really opinion. Here's a couple of things that happen. Apple could partner with another manufacturer like BMW or Mercedes or something like that, or even Volkswagen, because right now Volkswagen's in just a heap of trouble and would sell their eye teeth to... Um, get some good positive spin back on their side because their company right now is kind of in turmoil. Um, <clears throat> and Apple's worked on th some things with Volkswagen in the past. Nothing's ever come through uh, to fruition, but um, I remember one time watching uh, a video of a Volkswagen car and then it had a little slot, like a SIM card slot at the top, and you can slide your iPad nano, nano into the SIM card slot, which I thought was awesome. That was just a proof of concept, never came out. Um, but it, it was a cool, cool little demo. So um, who knows? It might be one of those companies, or it might be Volkswagen, or it might be none of them. But in the past, Apple has worked with Motorola on the Motorola Rocker to get iTunes on a cell phone before the iPhone existed. So it's not out of the realm that maybe they would work with a manufacturer like, like I said, BMW or whoever, 
and have one car that's an Apple branded car. And that way, the car manufacturer gets something out of it because Apple and the car manufacturer will, you know, can share data and they can both improve. So Apple gets something out of it in terms of how to build a car and the car manufacturer gets something out of it in terms of how to be a successful software company because these cars are these um, car manufacturers are not knocking it out of the park on the software. I have a, and we've talked about this before, I have two cars really. I have a Mazda CX-9 and that thing is the entertainment system on that is just very plain. There's nothing fancy to it. It has Bluetooth, but only for talking over the phone. And the car is only about in 2012. So it's a 2012 and it doesn't have any advanced features at all. Um, except for you could use your Bluetooth to talk. Our Chrysler Pacifica has a great interface, but it's and it's not that it's bad, but it's built on um, on top of Android. It's really good, but Chrysler has no plans at this time to upgrade upgrade my system, even though I have the newest Chrysler and other cars in the in the line have like car, Apple Play CarPlay, for instance. I can't get that because they're not going to bring it to my car for whatever reason. I don't know why it would make a difference. It should work. If it works in a Dodge Charger, it should work in a Chrysler minivan. I don't understand why they're doing that, but whatever. Um, the nice thing about Tesla and Apple is they would keep their products up to date as far as you can go. You can hear my ice jiggle in the background. Huh? So anyway, so that would be one guess is that they work with another manufacturer until they can actually build their own car. And then the other thought, and stay with me on this thought, is um, there's so much, there's so many rumors about the Apple car that instead of Apple building on that misinformation, they say, oh yeah, we're, we're cutting jobs and people are leaving and blah, blah, blah. And maybe they do a little bit, but it's more to throw people off the scent of what they're really trying to do, trying to get them to back up, back off by thinking it's a failing project. So that was that. Get a drink here. Next is from Electric, Fred Lambert. Uh, this is cool. LAPD and Tesla, um, a few months ago, maybe even at the beginning of the year, Tesla loaned the LAPD a Model S. Now it's not, they didn't loan it in terms of purposes for the car to be a police cruiser. They were just testing it. Um, it was, they were both uh, just stock P85D models. I don't even know if they had ludicrous mode, but they might have. And if you didn't know this, and I learned this uh, some of the badging stuff this week, the P is for performance. That's going to be the faster car. The 85, of course, or the number is how many kilowatt hours, 60, 100 between there. The battery is. And the D is if it's a dual drive or not. And if it has an underline underneath the badge, like under the P through the D on the badging of the car, the P85D, it's got an underline then that means the car has ludicrous mode. I don't know if these cars do for sure, um, but they were definitely P85D Model S's. Um, so the LAPD now is going to convert one of those cars, one of those loaner cars, into a full-blown police cruiser. 
Now this is cool on a lot of levels. One is I don't spend a lot of time in police cars, but I spend a fair amount of time around cops because I'm a firefighter. And, uh, you know, occasionally you'll get in their police cruiser and you'll play a little practical joke on them. But they have a lot of, of radios in their car. They have a lot of tech. They have a lot of mounts for things like guns, um, tactical equipment, and all that good stuff. Um, or bad, depending on where your thoughts are on that stuff. Anyway, all the cops I know are really good guys and gals. Uh, but you have the... Um, you know, the back seat is usually taken out and it's just a hard piece of plastic. So they're going to basically convert, convert all of that. Now, the nice thing about the Tesla is the Tesla has a frunk, the Model S. So you open it up and uh, police officers can store things in in the frunk, in the front trunk. The problem is it's a dual, and I don't even know if it's a problem. It's a dual um, motor. So there's a motor in the front and a motor in the back this dual motor makes the frunk a little bit smaller. But the officer can still put, even if he puts a cooler in there, so that, I mean, in Arizona we have, obviously it's always hot, so we're always carrying water uh, to give to patients, to give to people just on the street that look like they could use water. We're constantly giving out water. Police officers do the same thing, and then we have water for ourselves, of course. So you could just put a cooler in there and just hand out water from the front of your car. Or you could fill it up full of all sorts of cop stuff. Um, and then you have the trunk also where you can put a bunch of cop stuff. So there's lots of storage in there that you don't actually have to have in the cab with you. Um, the Model S is clearly big enough for um, the MCT or the computer that the police officer uses to put in there. And then also have room for all of the radios and all that junk. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of room on the passenger side, but you can put all that stuff in there. So that's kind of cool. Uh, right now, currently, the LAPD uses, uh, they have 100 BMW i3s, and that's those are for non-emergency use. So uh, detectives getting from, you know, from their house to the scene or um, civilians are using the, the vehicle. There's a lot of civilians that support the patrol officers, like the line of duty, the sworn officers, there's a lot of civilians that support them. So those people are using those cars, um, which is cool because LA, LA in general has made a, and for those who don't know, that's Los Angeles because we have a lot of listeners outside of the United States. Um, almost half actually listen outside of the United States. So um, LA is, is committed to switching their fleet as much as they can to electric. Here's the downside um, oh, you know what? Let's go over the P90 uh, or the P85 too. Um, it goes zero to sixty in two point eight seconds, and the range is two hundred and fifty miles. Um, I honestly don't know the cops that that I work with. I know that they drive a lot in a day. I don't know how that would work in terms of. I mean, they would obviously need a fast charger at the station, uh, maybe while they're doing paperwork or booking somebody in they could be charging their car up i don't know how that would work i don't know how many times a cop fills up in a in a day sometimes in the fire truck if we're, like i drive the ladder truck so sometimes if we're really busy um we might fill the ladder truck up twice a day if we're really busy because that thing just is, is not fuel efficient um in our smaller truck the lt which is just like a ladder 
with all the same equipment except for it doesn't have the big ladder on it that thing can go two three days without needing to be filled up so i don't know how far a cop car generally travels and how often they need to be filled up but i could see that as being beneficial uh, for cities long term because they're not paying that fuel cost um so yes the and this would put the p85 would put pretty close to it'd probably be about 110 to 130 thousand dollars a car to outfit it as a police car because typically the police cars cost more money obviously and then all the electronics that you have to put in there cost more money and the other thing is is like i know we have a lot of electronics on our truck and as far as we have radios and computers and things like that and our trucks have to be plugged in otherwise they'll die the battery will die i don't know how much of a battery drain that's going to be on uh the lapd cars the patrol cars but it's an interesting proof of concept so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that and i'll keep my eye on this and uh update you as we um you know go through the as new information comes out let me get a drink here but throat's getting dry again 16 minutes no throat dry that's good this is good good solution it's working out all right so before we get to the announcement i would like to just kind of go through because i don't think we've discussed it on the podcast before the different levels of autonomous driving so effectively there are six some people call four and five the same thing but for just the sake of argument right now there are six uh level zero is just a human oops sorry level zero is just a human driving a car so that's not that's no autonomous driving uh level one is semi-autonomous level which means that most functions are controlled by the driver but some um such as braking or uh that's controlled by the car they can be controlled by the car automatic braking so somebody slows down in front of you your car slows down so you don't hit them by the way this comes from hope reese at tech republic um just fyi level two there are two functions that are automated this could be cruise control and lane centering basically that means that the driver can take his foot off the pedal and technically can take his foot off her hands off the wheel and the car will stay in the lane now once like if you have to get off on an exit it's not going to work but it'll stay in the lane that you're in currently until you make a change that's level two um in level three drivers and you're still responsible by the way in level on all of these levels you're still responsible for being if something's going to happen you're still responsible to take control of the car and avoid an accident um so in level three you're still in the car and you're still in the driver's seat but this critical safety functions that's shifted to the vehicle so under normal conditions that means you know dry roads and non-inclement weather the car can pick up a lot of the driving and you know maintain a lot of through GPS and you know radar sonar lidar cameras 
maintain your position and take you most of the way you need to go. And usually this is done like on freeways. Um, Let's see, level four, this is full autonomy. According to the DM, uh, Department of Transportation, level four vehicles are designed to perform all safety critical driving functions and monitor the roadway conditions for an entire trip. And in the article, this is, and I don't remember how old this article is, uh, Hope says that this should be available in by 2018 from Tesla. And then level five, <clears throat> and I think right now, Tesla technically falls under the level three, two or three, depending on if you have autopilot mode. Level five, um, doo -doo -doo -doo, this is fully autonomous vehicle. Um, there's no reason for a human being to even be in the driver's seat. There's no steering wheel or controls, or could be. Potentially, there's no steering wheel or controls for the driver. If I'm being honest, I, would, I wouldn't want that. I still like the option to drive sometimes or I'd still because you know currently I don't have any of this stuff so so let's get to Tesla's announcement uh, which was on October 19th 2016 somebody thank god for this somebody and I will put the video in the show notes leaked the conference call onto YouTube and why is that important because you, I can instead of hearing how other journalists, and I'm not including myself as a journalist, but instead of hearing how journalists interpreted what the con press conference said, I actually just got to listen to it and then hear a couple of the questions. It worked out really nice. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Doo -doo -doo. And it was, you know, Elon Musk touted it as being unexpected by most. And you know what? I'm not going to say it was. It's kind of obvious. Um, I guessed either uh, Tesla's own financing, not going through a third party, because Tesla has that where they go through a third party, or Tesla's own insurance. But I was wrong, totally wrong. Uh, so it turns out all cars built from the announcement on will have full level five autonomy. They'll still have steering wheels and, and, and pedals. Um, and I don't know. I, that's not unexpected. I think everybody kind of knew that's where they were going to go. They skipped level four, but honestly, there's not that much difference between level four and level five anyway. So they skipped level four. Eh, I mean, I don't know. It, I'm excited about this news. It's great. It's going to come in all models of car. So whether, you know, next year they announce a pickup truck, it's going to come in the pickup truck. It's going to be in the model threes. If they announce a $25,000 car at some point, which they may, who knows. Um, at one point, Elon said they would, and then he was like, well, maybe we don't need a $25,000 car. So maybe it's just not in the cards anytime soon. Um, but it's going to come in every car. Um, right now, Tesla is building 2,000 cars a week. Um, so, But even though the hardware's there um, and all the new cars... Tesla will not be turning it on until it's been approved by regulators because it's against the law to have automatic driving cars or self-driving cars on without regulatory approval. As you can imagine, that would be kind of important. Get another drink there. 
Um, so even though it can't be turned on, all of the hardware is in the car. So um, right now, level five, the goal of level five, the current iteration that Tesla has, and I should say that there there's a new hardware package in the car. And I'll go over that um, here in a little bit. It's on the next page of my notes here. But there's a new hardware package in the car, and they're calling that hardware two. So everything that was purchased prior to 1019 is level one hardware. After 1019, that's level two hardware. Um, and like I said, all future models of the vehicles, Model 3, Model X, and Model S, will all be in, uh, we'll all have this hardware in it. Um, Tesla announced, you know, uh, 8.0 for their software just recently. Uh, the car will be controlled by Tesla Vision. It'll also use the neural network. And if you don't remember what that is, is if you're driving along the road and Tesla, your car sees a sign, and then the car, the next car sees a sign, and the next car sees a sign, and the next car sees a sign, eventually that gets all uploaded to Tesla servers. And they say, you know what, that's not, that's a sign. That's not something we need to be concerned about. But in that same area of the sign, if there's a disabled car on the road or a dead animal on the road or anything that could potentially damage your car, debris, tire, whatever, it'll say, you know what? Last time we traveled through this area, there was not a dead deer sitting in the middle of the road. I'm going to stop the car. So that's what the neural net does. Um, so just uploads an Apple, uh, not Apple, sorry, Tesla compiles all that data and, you know, spits it into something that will be useful for you and your car. So then they had some questions by the journalist. This, this whole press conference was only 30 minutes long. So they had questions by the journalist. The first question is, and I didn't write down all the questions, I just wrote down the ones that I thought were, um, germane. One of the things was, is I considered playing it like I did with the um, Mars announcement, because I was like, well, by now I'm a little bit, you know, be a little bit faster at it. But ultimately, Tesla didn't announce or didn't release this uh, audio. And if they didn't release the audio, I don't want to make anybody angry over there. And it wasn't really that significant that I just couldn't, you know, just relay the information. It wasn't like down deep, you know nuts and bolts it was just basic overview of what the the next step is for tesla vehicles so i didn't do that okay let's see here will tesla ensure level five autonomy in their vehicles like volvo does so if you don't know if you have volvo's automated features on and I think Volvo has like level four, or level three, something like that. I didn't look it up. I think I did an article about it in the beginning of the podcast, like in the one of the first podcasts that we did. Tesla will, or Volvo will take responsibility and they'll ensure the car when that feature's turned on. So basically there's no reason why you shouldn't turn it on because if you get an accident while it's on, Volvo takes the responsibility. Uh, Elon Musk says, nah, you know, leave it up to the insurance to worry about that stuff. But if there is a fault with the Tesla design, you know, the hardware, something that's that's Tesla's fault, they will take responsibility for that. Um, and then he kind of went on and he got a little testy and I kind of understand why, but he got a little testy. He said, uh, 
that the media is not res responsibly reporting autopilot crashes. And he said every negative article or negative piece, uh, media piece that is um, being, that's out there, that's portraying this technology in a negative light, is discouraging people from purchasing uh, this either these autonomous features or the cars that offer these autonomous features. And he said, effectively, that is killing people because even though there has been some crashes and there was a confirmed death with autopilot, it's still safer than people driving. So um, that's kind of, I don't know, I kind of like it when Elon gets fiery. It it's, uh, makes me perk up and start to listen a little bit more. Um, someone asked, how will the features be rolled out? So since this is a new platform and they haven't got regulatory approval, they can't just put the, the, um, autonomous level five out there and say, okay, good luck. You don't have to drive anymore. It's got to have the regulatory approval. So what they're going to do is right now the cars with hardware one, they will actually be more advanced to, uh, than the cars with hardware two up to a point. So what they're going to do is they're going to take the car, the hardware two cars, and they're going to compile data, right? They'll run the level five autonomous mode in shadow mode, which basically means they'll take the car um, information while you're driving and they'll say, well, if, if the car was in control and was in full autonomy mode, what would it have done in this situation? And if the answer is the right thing, then they say, great, good job, gold star. And if it's the wrong thing, they go back in and they say, okay, let's, let's change that so that it's now the right thing. And they take all of this data from the millions of miles driven, and that gets in and input it into an algorithm and compiled into this big decision tree. And we'll kind of go over that uh, more in a second. Um, but over time, every two or three months, they'll release, release a little bit more of the features of the full autonomy and eventually the hardware two cars will be more advanced than the hardware one cars in terms of the software but right now uh, because of they need the regulatory approval it's going to be much slower so let's talk about the new hardware for the cars right now there's one camera in the front and you know some um, sensors around the car the new hardware will have eight cameras Three in the front, man. I'm um, three in the front. Two in each B post, which the B post is right behind the driver's seat. So the A post is the part that connects the body to the roof, that's in front of the like the steering wheel, the dash. The B post is the next section that's behind the driver's seat and passenger seat, and then the C post is what's behind uh, the back seats. So right now, there's a camera in the, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a camera, three cameras in the front, which look out by where the mirror is, and they're looking and scanning. Cameras in the B post, and then there's cameras in the, uh, just below the C post in the body, towards the, the rear of the car. Man, it's kind of hard to remember now. And then they have cameras in one camera in the back. Does that equal eight? Three, seven, five, seven, eight. Yeah, 
There's one camera in the back that's just below where the license, or above the license plate, below where the trunk handle is. According, I mean, uh, you don't get to see anything. All I'm doing is listening to uh, Elon Musk talk about this stuff. So um, I think that's where everything is, ends up being. Um, so it's a total 360 visual coverage for the car. And then there's more ultrasonic little sonar sensors around the car. And these new ones have about twice the ranges and twice the range and resolution as the old ones. And then they also give a 360, it's not really so much of a view, but a protection around the car to make sure that you're not going to hit anything. Um, it also has better GPS. But the thing that is kind of neat is the computing power in the car is 40 times better than hardware one. And it can make 12 trillion operations per second. It can, that is insane. Um, Elon Musk said that it was like having a supercomputer in your car. And I would say that that would probably, that's an accurate statement. So I thought that was, um, pretty, pretty neat. Let's see. Somebody asked how they would communicate that Tesla cars are safer than other cars. And I don't know that that was a good question. So I'm going to skip that. Inclement weather. This is a great question. The cameras in the um, since the cameras use are used to to keep in between the lines. Um, if those cameras get iced up, fogged up, dust or whatever, what happens? So um, there are heaters on the cameras, so to make sure that they don't get iced up or fogged up, or any sort of condensation. Um, and if they're too dirty or if they're blocked for some reason, then they'll alert the driver and you just go out and you clean it off. And these cameras are tucked away, so you can't really see them just like normal. And you have to look for them to find them, um, which, you know, doesn't change the appeal or the aesthetic of the new car versus the old car. Let's see here. See, I think we talked about that. The car heaters. So the the price of the the add-on because they're going to come in all the cars. So to enable to turn on in order to turn on the features, that's going to cost you eight thousand dollars for fully autonomous driving, level five. If you want the just the regular autopilot features, that's three thousand dollars. Which you can get, by the way. Um, let's see here. Boom, boom. Uh, so long term, right now, the hardware two versus hardware one is two. It's two times safer. So what that means is, right now, if all the vehicles in the world were, and I didn't come up with this, Elon Musk came up with this, but if right now, if all the vehicles in the world were to get two times safer this this autonomous driving and make their vehicles twice as safe there would be one point they would go from 1.2 million deaths a year to 600,000 deaths per year and not only would it decrease the amount of deaths it would also decrease the amount of injuries which would be you know serious or otherwise because I go on accidents as a firefighter all the time where people were in a really bad wreck 
but the cars are so safe now, you know, they're hurt. They're either not hurt or they have kind of minor aches and pains. And then we go on other car accidents where it's, you know, you look at the car and you're like, I don't understand why this person's hurt, but they are. So it kind of all depends, but it would help not eliminate that, but it would lower those, those cases. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah. We got the camera stuff. We just got one more thing here, I think. Um, but yeah, right now, so that's two times the goal of making it right now. They're at two times, making it safer at 10 times, you know, obviously that number would drop down to 120,000 deaths a year, which is pretty significant. Um, somebody asks, how are you testing each stage and of the, um, level five autonomy to make sure that it's working? So what they do is they test it on the, the, the software and the car is on a closed test track. And then once they're kind of satisfied, it goes out to a group, sorry. Uh, it goes out to their QA testers. Once their QA testers are like, okay, this is in good shape. It goes to the alpha testers, which Elon Musk is one of the alpha testers. He gets it about a day after the QA testers get it. Um, which is cool because he's testing every um, element of the car so that he's he knows what's going on every step of the way. Um, and he stays up on that stuff, which is good because you got to be involved, especially in a company that's trying to change this much stuff. Because when something goes wrong, he's got to be able to answer for it. And if he's not prepared, it's going to go bad. Um, and then, you know, he looks just wicked smart when, so, when stuff goes right and he just starts, you know, talking about automatic, you know, level five autonomous driving like yeah we, we wanted to do it so we just said you know let's do it let's do it it's no big deal so um so it goes to alpha testers and then after alpha it goes to the early access uh beta program which these early access people are just regular people who have some tech knowledge they uh, live all over the world and that way because the qa testers they can only test you know so much they can't test in every environment with the alpha, t uh, the early access testers, it goes all over the world with all sorts of in different environments. Some areas have a lot of trees, some areas have a lot of snow, some areas have desert. So all of that stuff goes into the big Tesla neural net that we were talking about so that they can gather that data. Once they're satisfied at that point, it goes out to shadow mode to the entire, entire fleet. And I think, I think I mentioned what shadow mode was. Hold on one second. I think I mentioned what shadow mode was, but if I didn't, basically it is the software runs in the background. Yes, I did. The software runs in the background and it collects data on how it would have, uh, what it would have done in each situation. And then all that information is sent up to Tesla and analyzed and all that good stuff. So we talked about that. And then after that, then it gets rolled out as an actual product. Man, this is a little bit longer than I thought it would be. I thought it would be about 30 minutes, and we are currently at 38 minutes. But I think it was all good information. I'm hoping you thought it was all good information. Let's talk about how you guys can talk back to us. Hey, you know what? There's a person. I want to look this up. Hold on one sec. If you have Twitter, 
please follow me on Twitter at 918digital. But I want to thank, and pretty sure, Brian Polk. I don't know if he want, would like me or not to read his Tesla information or his Twitter information out, but this, you know, he followed me on Twitter. I can't imagine that he followed me on Twitter without listening to this podcast. So if you hit me up on Twitter or if you follow me on Twitter, let me know that you're a fan of the show. And then that way, or at least that you listen to the show, you don't even have to be a fan. And then that way, when I, I make a little note of that, because every now and again, I there's a bunch of bots that follow. I just follow back, and then eventually I go through and I prune all that stuff out so that I don't have to, you know, read a bunch of junk. So you can follow me at 918digital918, D-I-G-I-T-A-L. And my email is Bodie at 918digital.com. Oh, Kevin Mooney died. If you don't know who Kevin Mooney is, go to YouTube and look it up. That's sad. Um, <clears throat> sorry, stop looking at Twitter. Um, yeah, Bodie at 918digital.com. You can call me, leave a message if you have more that you think maybe I should have expanded on, or if you have a different point or a different view or whatever, I'd love to hear from you. You can call me at 918-401-0071. And then if you get a chance, leave a review on... Uh, the, you know, wherever you get your iTunes, or iTunes, wherever you get your podcast stuff, leave a review. That would really help me out. I'd appreciate it. Um, if you like, you know, random reviews about stuff, check out my other podcast, Oblivious. And um, I'm building stickers for the iOS store. Right now I have one, and they're kawaii stickers. So if you're into that thing, check them out. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, including the link for the video of the press conference and then also um, all the news stories that we talked about today. So just go to the, the, the notes, the show notes, and you'll see all that stuff. So yeah, that's it. Thank you guys very much. This is going to be, um, it's been a very busy week. So it feels good to end it with a podcast that I feel like, and it might be the whiskey and the 7-Up talking, but I feel like it went pretty good. So that makes me happy. But thanks so much for listening to the show, and I will talk to you guys in one week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.